To begin today's show, well, I'm taking a look back to yesterday's SD73 school board meeting, and I'm joined on the phone now by Chair of the Board, Kathleen Carpa. Kathleen, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good. Um, I just wanted to, to start by getting just a, a general you know, update from you on just how the board is feeling about the way teaching and learning is currently going in District 73. I mean, do you feel like there has been some significant improvements, I guess, over the past number of weeks to how that process is working? I mean, just confident, I guess, that everything is kind of... Obviously, there, there's still a lot of um, issues that are going on in terms of like, switching to this virtual model, but, you know, are you getting comfortable with, with how things are potentially smoothing out, I guess, at this point in time? I think we're definitely getting better at it. Um, the speed that we had to roll things out meant that uh, it obviously wasn't perfect uh, when we started, but I think everyone's adapting to the new platform, and uh, we're seeing improvements constantly. Perfect. Now, uh, there are a couple of different things to go over in regards to what happened at yesterday's meeting. And the first one I wanted to touch on was just with graduation ceremonies. There was a number of, um, you know, a, a couple of things that were standing out to me in terms of, you know, 14 graduation events, which are scheduled to start here uh, later next month. Uh, so where, where are where is the board in terms of making arrangements for those graduation ceremonies, which are clearly going to look a lot different than they normally would? Yes, they are going to look a lot different. And the first thing that I want to reassure people with is that we are not going to cancel graduation. It's going to look different, but we're not going to cancel graduation. And right now we're working with a few different scenarios. Um, and uh, it's, we're probably going to have some type of a small-scale virtual graduation. Um, details will be coming out to people as we sort of hammer them out. Each school is going to be working on their own plan uh, with the help of the district, and we are going to try to find a way to recognize each graduate so that their family can see their uh, their accomplishments because that's important to recognize. Uh, students have worked really hard, and uh, they deserve to have that recognition and that, that experience, even if it is scaled back a bit. So, I mean, just uh, from that, are you looking to have some sort of actual physical ceremony still just on a really small scale or, or do you have any idea what it looks like at this point in time or are you guys still sort of working through all of that? We're still working through that and uh, once we get details hammered out, we will let people know. Okay, fair enough. Um, I wanted to ask, too, just uh, in a general sense, too, about uh, plans to resume school. I don't think there's really any plan to do that, and the only reason I want to ask is because uh, Quebec has made the announcement uh, here earlier this week that they're planning to open daycares and elementary schools on May 11th-ish. Uh, yesterday, Dr. Bonnie Henry said that, you know, we could see some students back in school before the end of the session, with that focus being on those younger kids who can't stay home when parents do start going back to work. Uh, so I just wanted to know where the school is and sort of making those types of arrangements, knowing that there is absolutely no date in mind, but with uh, if something were to be announced, are, how confident are you that things could start up fairly quickly? We are working on multiple scenarios. Um, it depends, of course, on uh, public health officers' orders and uh, whether or not we're able to uh, meet in smaller groups or if we are still having to do the social distancing. Um, but we're working on multiple scenarios. We know that it Sometime students will be back in the schools. We just don't know exactly what that's going to look like. Uh, so we're trying to plan for as many different scenarios as we can. 
Okay, and and that makes a lot of sense. Like I said, I, I just wanted to ask because I know that the questions are starting to be put out there into the universe, so I figured it was worth throwing at you while I had you here. Um, but I understand that there is no real timeline in place for when that could happen. But with that being said, uh, we talked a little bit about this last time uh, you and I spoke, was just the essential service schools, right? The um, daycare arrangements essentially that are being made for people who are deemed essential services and do need to go to work and do need some form of childcare. Uh, when we talked a couple of weeks ago, you know, arrangements had been made for that first tier of people, those being, uh, you know, first res uh, first responders, I believe. No, that's tier two, sorry, healthcare workers were tier one. Uh, so where are you with uh, with sort of rolling that out? I know tier two is first responders and tier three was city workers. Um, you know, where, where are you in that process of trying to, to line up uh, those services for those people who are in need right now? Right now, we're focusing on our vulnerable learners, those students that are most affected by not being able to be at school. And so that's our next group that we're working on. So that's going to be students with special needs, uh, students with learning challenges, students who just really, really need to be in school in order to do well. And uh, so that's our next focus. One of the other things, too, uh, going back to, to the board meeting specifically last night, and, and seemed like one of the major topics of discussion was this foundation skills assessment. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff to go over here. It's uh, for grades four to seven students when it comes to reading, writing, and numeracy skills. Um, you know, basically comparing students in SD73 to the rest of the province. And from what I'm seeing, it looks like, uh, you know, people in the Camelons-Thompson region are, are doing pretty well, right? It looks like our students are having a pretty high success rate. Can you just speak to the F FSA here and, and sort of how you uh, feel about the way that learners in the Kamloops-Thompson region are doing compared to uh, the rest of uh, BC. Um, our FSA results continue to be very strong. Uh, we are ahead of the province in many areas, especially in reading and writing. Uh, we are seeing that our Aboriginal students are catching up to our non-Aboriginal students and we're getting closer to reaching parity. In fact, uh, we are almost at parity um, in writing, uh, so that's very, very encouraging. Uh, we do need to do some more work on numeracy, but that's not just a challenge in our district, it's a challenge across the province. Why do you think that is such a challenge? I mean, we talked about numeracy way back in at least three three months ago, I want to say, when we were kind of having a, a conversation just around what numeracy actually is. And it's sort of, I don't want to say it's a new concept, but it's not something that I remember ever really being discussed when, when talking about education. Um, you know, we think about math, but this is not math, right? Numeracy is not just math. It's not just numbers. Do you think that that, because it's almost sort of a, a bit of a newer concept, I guess, into how we're um, looking at, at success in the school? school system that uh, maybe that's why it's taking a little bit longer to uh, you know see some success in in that specific um, that skill set that is one of the reasons that we do think that the numbers in literacy or sorry in numeracy are lower um, it is a newer concept we've talked about literacy for decades we've only been talking about numeracy for a few years and again numeracy isn't just knowing your math facts Numeracy is the critical thinking and creativity skills that allow you to figure out what are the important parts of a problem are and how you might go around solving it. So it's your budgeting, it's time management, and um, all of those very complex um, things that we do that really take a lot of uh, thought and uh, it's something that's, that's new 
and uh, it's something that we're all learning to uh, figure out as we go along. Um, and and t while I have you, Kathleen, too, the, the school board put out uh, a release here earlier today just looking at uh, the 2020-2021 budget, uh, looking at um, the, the total budget expected to be around $188 million, just over. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. Um, you know, you talk a little bit about here uh, continuing to focus on equity outcomes of all students throughout this budget. Uh, what exactly do you mean by that? Yeah, so when we're talking about equity for um, students, we're talking about making sure that every student has the supports that they need in order to fully succeed and realizing that some students are going to need more supports than others. So with the pandemic, that's uh, really going to mean that we need to focus on some of the social emotional needs of students. We know that there's going to be some increased vulnerability of students. So we've put some money into that. Uh, we know we need to put uh, more support into technology infrastructure because of the online nature of some of the things that we're currently doing right now. Uh, we've got students who don't have access to internet or to equipment and technology and we need to find a way around that and how to support them and the teachers who are trying to work with these students. So we have one of our uh, projects is the equity project that we have for Aboriginal learners where we're methodically going through all of our structures and policies in the district to make sure that there's not unconscious and overt bias in what we do that might dis disencourage or um, any of our students and not just looking at Aboriginal students but students with special needs and and looking at what are those things that might be roadblocks to student success and removing those. Um, and, and just because you had brought it up there, just in some concerns around connectivity, um, I know there has been some talk, uh, you know, about places, more rural places here in our region, just uh, in terms of the ability to have internet access. And, uh, you know, obviously, as we live in this virtual time and there's all this virtual learning going on, very important for people to be connected and have that internet access. Um, you know, where is, is everyone now sort of up and running when it comes to being able to do that learning at home? Uh, what, what sorts of arrangements were made for kids who uh, didn't have internet access uh, or, or at least had very minimal internet access and something that's very needed right now at this point in time. So realizing that not everyone has access to technology or internet, we have provided alternate methods for students to learn. That's paper-based programming, um, using books, uh, going back to the old-fashioned okay. sort of almost correspondence model, but making sure that there's contact through telephone and uh, just trying to support those students as best we can, realizing that there are technological gaps. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time, Kathleen. Always appreciate it. And uh, we'll get together again and do this uh, next next meeting. Thanks so much. Super. Thank you. Awesome.